Hi everyone, this is Ryan. This is Corey. And this is the Unqualified Commission Podcast. And today we are talking about speaking the truth in love. Before we get started, Ryan, can you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, dear Lord, I pray that you uh, speak through us, Father, and just give us the right words to say. And I pray that we reach the audiences we need to reach with this message. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So as you guys can tell, we're kind of working on some new things. Uh, we're trying to get an intro, maybe some. This background. is our third take. Yeah, our background <laughs> music. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna try kind of. Uh, we're going to try getting it together. Um, Maybe by next week we'll have one ready and to go. But what we don't want is to take away um, a lot of our audiences came because of the raw, uncut, unedited things. So what we don't want to happen is our uh, show becomes scripted. So we're trying to try some new things, but we're going to keep to our roots. Have a structure, but not a script. A structure, Leave in the funny script. moments. <laughs> Correct. Leave in the funny stuff. Uh, we actually got a lot of feedback um, that we they love our show, but we are getting on more of the serious side, and they yeah. they love the humor and the the cut ups. So we we're love gonna, Tony Derricott. We're gonna try, we're <laughs> gonna keep trying to uh, keep trying to bring those those moments <clears throat> into our show. But like Ryan said, this week we're gonna talk about um, showing someone the difference and um, truth and love. And the, the balance and the balance you know, of the yeah. that thereof. But uh, Ryan, I want you kind of I want you to lead this show this week. I want you to take the lead, and I'm going to be the one in the mic saying, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> All right. Um. Now there's there's a big difference between truth and love, and there needs to be a balance in the middle that we ride. And Corey, do you have any instances in your life where you told too much truth and show not enough love? Every day, every day of my life, every day, it, it, I sometimes, 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 sometimes I, um, I can be too, um, I, Corey has this, um, thing in his life where if he thinks it, it's coming out of his mouth and sometimes it comes out of his mouth before he has a time to filter it. <clears throat> so sometimes there's just a lot of brutality, honesty. That doesn't need to be said, mm -hmm. but it's said anyway. You know, it's just like open mouth, insert foot syndrome, you know, insert here. <laughs> that, that's, that's Corey some, most of the time. Most of the Do time. you have a specific instance you can point um, out? Well, you know, just just every day. I, 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 can give, I can give stories, you know, but like, for instance, you know, you see those people who uh, they're like grown adults and they just like do something like, for instance, where you wear a unicorn tail or, you know, unicorn ears or something. And Corey just be walking and just be like, dang, that girl be wearing a full-blown unicorn head. And my wife's like, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it is one of my, uh, you know, weaknesses. I, I just speak what's on my mind, whether it's filtered or unfiltered. So I, I've gotten myself in a lot of trouble where I've just said something that just probably didn't need to be said. Yeah. But everybody was thinking it. I was just brave enough to say it. I used to lean more towards the, the truth side and not enough love. And now I find myself too much love and not enough truth every now and then. It just depends on who I'm talking to, really. So I was going to say, I, I've actually kind of flipped that to a script as well, because now now not only do I, um, you know, speak my mind, but now I show grace, you know, but uh, now I've shown grace to the point where even my own core beliefs are starting to get questioned, you know, mm -hmm. but... Uh, and what, in your opinion, what 
What's so important about having that balance between truth and love in conversations? So the military taught me one thing, right? And that's like, there's a time and a place and there's a way to do it, right? There's a tactful way to do it, right? You can't just go tell somebody you're mine without love because they're going to take it as you're attacking them, right? That you're, you're on the offensive, right? And they're going to take it as such. So there's a balance between you have to say what needs to be said without coming across as that you're better than somebody or that you're offensively attacking someone. All right, let's let's kind of like get a background here of the situations we're talking about. Um, if somebody comes up to you with a, and I don't know, hold up. Let's say they're a believer and they're messing up, they're doing something wrong, and and you notice that and you have to confront them about it as you're, as your uh, brother or sister in Christ, and you're holding holding them accountable. That's the kind of situations we're talking about right now, and how to tell them the truth of the Bible, not your truth or their truth, but biblical truth, how to tell them that in love. So the truth is the truth. Yeah. Uh, right? So The truth uh, will set you free. The, the truth will set you free. But what you're talking about is Matthew 18. Um, so Matthew 18, and this is starting verse 15, it says, If your brother sins... Go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have one over your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. But if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as gentle and a tax collector, a Gentile and as a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Again, I say unto you, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, and it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. So what you're talking about is um, somebody, you see sin, you see, yeah. you witness somebody, um, and I'm just going to use examples here. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus here, but I'm just going to use examples. So you see uh, someone committing um, fornication. Yeah. So they're, they're a young couple, they're a young boyfriend and girlfriend, and they are sleeping together, right? And, uh, you know, fornication is a sin. It doesn't matter yeah. how you cut it. It doesn't matter how you look at it. Fornification is a sin, right? So... Uh, what the scripture outlines for us is that the truth is fornication is a sin, right? But you have to go to them not in a, you better get your act together or you're going to hell today. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. So you have to go to them. So first of all, Matthew 18 says go to them in private, yeah. right? So that's the first step is. You need to go to them in private and say, hey, look, uh, I'm not doing this because I want to call you out on this. I'm doing this because I love Jesus and I love you. Yeah. I'm doing this in love. Yeah, in right? a loving way. In a loving way. Yeah. And you have to say, like, I know you love this woman. I know you love, um, you know, being with this person. But fornication is wrong, right? And then, and then offer a solution. Don't just call somebody out on their wrong and then offer no solution. Now you need to give them, you need to give them a hand up. We talked about this in Bible study this past Monday night. You can't just say, "Hey, I'm praying for you," and never help them help them out with the situation. You know, do something to help. I mean, praying for them is helping them, but you need to physically, you know, help them with their situation and walk them through it. And I and I was gonna say, um, 
in that scenario, you know, offer a solution, not just jumping into marriage, right? Yeah. But explaining to them what is expected in marriage and what marriage is and isn't, you know, that... Are they ready for marriage? Are they ready for marriage, yeah. right? And, and start beginning them down that path that, you know, this this activity is only for married people. And if you want to be married, this is what that looks like, you know, um, and, th and they may not want your help. They may not, you know, and that's, that's kind of where step two and step three and step four, you know, this is a four step pro uh, four step process, right? Yeah. You know, if you go to them and they don't want to hear you, right. <laughs> I think it would be smart to find somebody who's wiser than myself. Right. So, you know, go into somebody, maybe an elder in the church, you know, who's been married for 35 years, 40 years, you know, and, you know, let them kind of talk to them, you know, but be there and witness, yeah. you know. But here's the, the, the last thing you want to do is tag team somebody, right? So, like, it, yes, it says bring two or three, but what you don't want to do is bring three people and just attack three on one. That That's not going to work either. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, you don't want them to feel like they're being uh, pressured into yeah. doing something, right? So you just want, again, this has to be a loving. Yeah, that's um, where the love side comes in. This has to be a loving um, scenario, right? You, We're doing this because we because love you. We love you. And, yeah. and, and don't even use the word tough love. <clears throat> like, that. this is not the time or place for tough love. Like, this is the time for you're just trying to portray this is the truth. But you're you're trying to give them an opportunity to see the truth. This is not the time for tough love. That comes later down in this passage. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you get two or three wise men or women together, and this is where I would say, you know, we kind of talked about this last week as a mentor. You know, those mentors can mentor you how to do things like marriage, right? That's a mentor is someone who knows the truth and kind of sculpts you if they are married. Yes, yeah, right, I mean, but right, uh, but this is and this passage. This is what I would believe is these are the mentors we're talking about. These are the men who go to the men, and the women who are going to the women, and they're all on the same page, and they're saying, "Hey, this is what this is wrong, but this is the solution." This yeah, is, you know, um, and then the third step is, um, you know, if they reject, that's a pretty serious meeting. If you have two or three mentors meeting with you. And then you still don't want to accept the truth. That's a pretty serious um, yeah. step up. You know, you've kind of um, up the ante for, you know, for a better lack of words. But, uh, you know, so now it says go to the church, right? Make it public to the church. Make it public to the church. And see, this is where I think, <clears throat> I think this is where most of the problems arise. Um, because I think a lot of times, I think we as the church, once it gets to the church, We've already made up our mind, right? So it's like, once it comes to the church, it's like they come to the church at the same time that they want to kick them out of the church, you know, but they kind of skip that whole step of coming to the church mm -hmm. and the church praying and leaning into them and showing them the truth. And, and to be honest with you, if I was, if I was in a church and talking about the story earlier, and, I, and again, I'm not trying to call out anyone. But if I had made it to that point where I was going to fornicate with this woman, regardless of the church, I don't know that the church, I don't know that my heart is in the right place for church. Um, because we, like we said, we've talked about this in previous episodes, why we should commit to a church. But I go to a church to increase myself, to, to 
learn from others to yeah. to learn from other believers and to get clarification on the word right um you know just more wise people so if if you fall in defiant in your heart that you're going to do this regardless of what the church says like i already i understand that you've already kind of made up your mind but the scripture is very clear that we still have to give you that opportunity yeah in front of the church to denounce your sins and walk away from it. See, the problem is, and see, I just said it, I, I am guilty of this. At the time it gets to that, we're, you know, we're to the point where we're, we're almost cleaning our hands of it, right? We're, we're, we're done with it, right? But there's a huge step here that I feel like a lot of us miss, and that's giving the opportunity before the church, you know, and, and being realistic with the consequences, you know, and I, I think that's a lot of times too, I think that's where we fail with the church is we say, oh, we went to them in private. Oh, we went to them in, with friends. Oh, we went with them to the church, and they just didn't listen. It's like, but were you clear and concise of the consequences of their actions if they continue down the path? You know, I feel like a lot of times people in a church are not concise with what's going to happen in the next step, you know, in the next step, in the next step. And, yeah. you know, it, you need to be, this is where you need to be as truthful as you can is say, look, this is wrong. This is what's going to happen. This if is you what's going to happen if you continue down yeah. this path. You need to be straight with that. You know, I think a lot of times people just assume that people know the consequences, that, you know, the people who they're attending, going to know the consequences of their actions. There's some people who just honestly don't understand the gratitude or the gravity yeah. of the situation. They don't understand the uh, the size of the situation. So I, I feel like, you know, by the time it gets to the church, I feel like some people are blindsided that they're getting kicked out of the church because there was lack of communication and true understanding of the consequences of actions and, you know, certain certain things, right? Mm -hmm. But here's what, here's what I am going to say, too. I think a lot of people in the church, and this is unfortunate, but I think a lot of people, they have their mindset on, you know, maybe they don't like this person or this person gets on their nerves or something, and they already have their mindset that they're going to kick them out of the church before they even give them all these steps, you know, and so they take it straight to the church, you yeah. know, and, and I mean, I mean, we've talked about this in the past too. You, It is not our place. It's not our place as a church to, it is our place to hold each other accountable, but it's not our place to be the ultimate judge. Yeah. That's God's place. You know, I feel like a lot of times we try to act like the ultimate judge. Nowhere in this scripture does it say that we are the we are the hammer, you know, that we are the final drop of the of the anvil, you know, that no that nothing else can be done or said, you know. And it nowhere else does it say in this scripture, you know, it doesn't say once you Ask them to leave the church, you know, after going through the proper steps. Nowhere does it say at that moment, if they confess their sin and repent and turn, does it say they can't come back to the church? Nowhere. See, and I feel like we we get this all mixed up. Uh, this whole verse would get mixed up um, because I feel like a lot of people, once they like kind of ask you to leave the church, you're not welcome to come back. You know, and I and I have a testimony of, you know, just of hearing things like that, you know, of people getting church hurt, getting asked to leave, and then they never set foot into a church again. Again, it doesn't matter the denomination, it doesn't matter the beliefs that it, they got church hurt, and they they leave the church, and they never return. 
they apply that church hurt to every church they encounter and assume all Christians are the same. Right. And and I, I what I'm saying is I understand <clears throat> why they draw that belief. Yeah. Because it's hard to it's hard to say that you're Christian when and and this is I I personally Corey has a personal um distaste in his mouth for when this happens. Mm. For when somebody is in sin, okay, they're w- whatever it may be, but they believe because they're a believer in Christ that they have the power and the authority to call others out of the church. Before all this verse unfolds, I really believe that you need to be living on the straight and the narrow before you, you know, here's the thing is, if you're calling somebody out for getting drunken, right? And that's a whole nother argument whether alcohol is a sin or not a sin, but getting drunk is a sin. Yeah, makes it clear. Uh, very much so. And, and and I'm not here to argue whether having a glass of wine, what I'm saying is if you are impaired, your judgment has been impaired, that is a sin, right? But you can't expect to call somebody out, even in private, if you're going to the same clubs, same doing the same, same things. Exactly, that, yeah. Even if you're doing it with that person, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you cannot be the person who holds somebody accountable if you're the person doing the same action. Yeah. And here's the thing too. Say for instance, you're going to the same places, but you're, um, you know, in your mind, you're doing it responsibly, right? So you're only having two drinks a night, right? And they're having 10 drinks. But see, perception is reality, right? Especially when it comes to this. I would still excuse myself from that situation and I would not be the one to call them out because when they're in that impaired state, they don't know what you have done or haven't done. But all they remember is that you were there with them. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. um, I would encourage anyone who's, you know, going through those situations if you really want change, you got to be that change for them, right? And uh, and here's where I'm saying offer a solution. Instead of going drinking with them, and you know that's a place of, that's a stumbling block for them. Instead of going drinking, you know, find another hobby. You know, find something that you can do with them that doesn't include drinking. You know, and so that way you can kind of, and, and a lot of times you can just lead somebody to conviction through the Holy Spirit, because it's not our job to convict either, right? Yeah. But you can lead somebody, somebody can get convicted through the Holy Spirit just by our actions, right? Yeah. You just not partaking in alcohol can lead to conviction. And that can impact somebody, and, you know, who knows, that could lead them, lead them to church one day right. through your actions. But it is not our job as the church to be the Holy Spirit, the Father, or the Son. Like, we, it is our job, and this is the way I look at the church. The church is full of broken people. We all all are sinners now, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't live a good life and you shouldn't, you know, try to follow the law, right, of the word. But what I'm saying is, all of us are going to fail. But it's important to realize that, um, we should extend grace. If if you had a if you had a a tipping scale, right, a legal tipping scale, you should extend grace. A lot more so than you should, uh, you know, stand um, judgment or, you know, I hate to use the word judgment because I understand the scripture tells us to call out sin and hold out each other accountable. And this is for believers only. Uh, I I do want to be 100% clear. You can't expect non-believers to follow the word if they don't know the word or have it in their hearts. 
It is not our place um, to call out non-believers. It is not our place. It's not our place to bring conviction to non-believers. Yeah. It's not our place. It is not our place to manage non-believers. We're only there to witness. To, to them. witness. Yeah. To tell what Jesus has done for us. That is all we are to do for non-believers. Yeah. So that is something else that we have to take into account. I think a lot of these people go down these verses assuming that these people are believers. And so then you have a whole issue of, well, this person is not really even a believer. They don't even know the word. And then they're getting kicked out of the church and getting church hurt. And yet they never accepted Christ into the life because no one showed them the true love of Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and th- we go into this in great detail. Uh, Ryan and I are both involved in the in the encounter ministry, and we go into this. I mean, this is that's the focal point of this ministry is because we're dealing with lost people, a majority of lost people, or people who have stepped away from the church because of this reason, because of church hurt, or you know. And so, there's there's we have to study the word to show ourselves approved, um, because a lot of people get this wrong. A lot of people get this wrong. Yeah. But, Ryan, I want to kind of, um, I know I've done a lot of talking this episode. <laughs> this is how yeah, it always we're, we're already 20 minutes in. You know, I, that was just one point by Corey. <laughs> I, you know, I want to make it very clear. When I and Ryan sit down and have a pre-show, I'm like, Ryan, you're taking the lead on this one. You're going to be doing all the talking. <laughs> and I'm going to be the one who says, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, and Every time it happens, he asks me some question. I go on a 20-minute tangent. (laughs) So I want to apologize. But I do want to make it 100% known that Ryan has the opportunity to speak as much as I do. He just, he likes to get me riled up, and he knows that I have a lot of opinion. But uh, but Ryan, I want to kind of ask you, um, if for first of all, have you witnessed some of the things that I've talked about, you know, as far as inappropriate... um, actions taken before a church people getting church hurt and second of all i want to kind of ask you like what is it not not just advice but um like give us some you know scripture back like what is love what what is like um tell us what love is because we're we're talking about truth and love and kind of the balance we know what the truth is the word is the truth right but what is love all right, question number one. Um, I've witnessed people not go to church because of all the hypocrites that they see in church and all the hypocritical things that are going on and all the legalistic viewpoints. Um, and I know they don't go to church because of that anymore. And uh, I haven't really, I don't know if I've witnessed somebody get kicked out of, well, I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But <laughs> anyways, okay. Uh, well, I believe... Before we could show love to others, I believe we have to love God first, and that for that comes from our love from for God is our love for others. The scripture says, "Love God first, and then we can love others as ourselves." I forgot the exact verse, but I know that's in there. I got it on here. <laughs> okay, and a point that I really want to make is we need to surround ourselves with people that'll speak truth over us with love. And I think truth may sound like hate hate to those that don't uh, want to hear it. And uh, th- this goes along with that. Lies may sound loving, but they aren't true. 
if you're someone living in sin, you want to hear things that'll, what's the word, enable you to continue in that sin. And if somebody comes up to you and tells you the truth, you know, the word of God, you don't want to hear that. And that kind of like hurts your feelings and pushes you away. So I have another way of putting that. So um, the scripture even mentions this, but, you know, sin is darkness. Mm-hmm. And darkness cannot be cannot exist in when the light's light. present, right? Yeah. So, uh, darkness does not want to know light because darkness cannot exist in the light. Um, so, I think that's the same way with truth, right? So, um, people who are actively living in sin, they don't want to hear about it. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to face it, right? So, uh, for me. What I'm, what I'm seeking to do is to be the light, you know, is to, and here's the thing is you don't have to, um, 100% of the time you don't have to, it's not our place to be like, I am the gatekeeper. I'm the gatekeeper of accountability. That's, that's not our job. What we're saying is our, our job is to, when it does happen to be available to speak truth. Yeah. But see, here's the thing is... I always need to be willing to speak truth. I want to be in a position where people come to me because they know I speak the truth. Yeah. People come to me or people um, associate with me because they know I speak the truth, right? So I don't even want to be the one who even speaking all the time. I just want to be the one who lives by the truth, right? Lives by the word. Mm -hmm. If somebody witnesses you living by the word, or somebody witnesses your actions, that's a ministry on its own. You don't have to do any it's speaking. Own witness. You don't have to do any speaking at all. You know, so I feel like a lot of times I feel like people take this verse and they're like, yep, this is my badge, my badge number to be the gatekeeper of accountability. And sometimes I think being accountability is being accountable to yourself, but being accountable to the Lord yourself, you know, acting, acting accountable, you're keeping yourself accountable, right? Being in those spiritual disciplines, doing those things. And so that you don't even have to say a single word or do a single thing, but just because of your life, your life shines light or, you know, just in the surrounding area, mm-hmm. you know, and I pray that that's my life. I pray that people can just, I pray, this is what I pray right now. I pray that the anointing is so over me that, you know, this is in the scripture and I don't know where this is and I'll have to find it, but. Um, you know, there's there's a point in the scripture it says the disciples' shadows were so anointed that they would walk in and people would get saved just by the shadows walking in. You know, I pray for that anointing, right? That I don't have to speak, that I don't have to, um, you know, I don't have to uh, go to somebody and, you know, hold them accountable, that my actions in my life hold them accountable themselves. You know, and I, I pray for that prayer right now that my life is such a light that I don't even have to do anything, that it's just people can see the difference just by looking at me, you know. I wanted to quote that verse that I said earlier. It's uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law. All the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And going back to speaking the tr- speaking the truth in love, um, this is a couple of years ago. I was a lot more truth than I was love, and all my friends realized this. I, whenever I'd see them mess up, I'd call them out immediately. Like I, it would make me upset seeing them mess up and go against what the Bible said. And 
in doing that, I was going against what the Bible said too. I didn't realize it at the time, but uh, I remember one day, it was, it was one night actually, my youth pastor at the time, Grant, he called me into the uh, youth room and he was like, Ryan, we need to talk. I was like, okay, what did I do, what did I do wrong this time? And well, he sat me down and he said, uh, a lot of your friends are coming to me and telling me that you're you're being pretty harsh on them. I was like, what? And he, he gave me an example or something. And I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, they're messing up. I want to call them out on it, and I want to help them grow. And in that, I was showing way too much truth and not any love at all in those acts. And I was pushing all my friends away. They didn't want to be around me. And ever since then, I've had to learn to grow and speak, speak it in love and not just truth all the time. Well, the key word here is grace. Yeah, there's right. a balance between truth and grace. Um, so what we're not saying is we don't want you to see someone failing and then just look away and just be like, well, they'll deal with it themselves. Yeah. That, that's not loving at all. That's he, not loving at all. No. But what we also are not saying is we don't want you to be, like Ryan said, every single mistake, point, you know, pointing it out, pointing it out, pointing it out. Right. Corey can probably witness this in the sound booth. <laughs> <laughs> I like to control things if, sometimes. If you guys ever want some hot takes of just some unfiltered uh, Ryan and Corey's life? I, I was just going to say, you just take one gander into our, our day job of the sound booth. <laughs> and there, we, Ryan and I have to, uh, we have to practice, um, we have to practice loving each other. Sometimes we, we butt heads. But what I, what I want to say is grace is the magical word here. And I don't want to use yeah. the word magical, but... Grace is the word, right? Yeah. Grace is the word we need to focus on. Now, grace, grace is not a license to sin. Now, uh-huh. a lot of people get this mixed up too, and they say, you know, well, God's grace is enough. You know, I can do everything I want to. God's grace is enough. Mm. Grace should lead to repentance. Grace is just simply saying that you didn't get everything that you deserved. Yeah, and that makes you want to repent and love God more, you know what I'm saying? Well, see, here's the thing is, uh, Romans is very clear, for all have sinned and come short of the glory yeah. of God, right? And the wages of sin is death, right? So that means, and it doesn't say the wages of sins, it says for the wages of sin is death. Yeah. So if you if you take that at face value, that's saying if you commit one sin ever, you deserve death. Yeah. You deserve to be put to death. You deserve to be stoned right there, right where you stand. God can't be in, around sin. And that's what you deserve. Yeah. And we all agree that's what we deserve, right? But grace is saying that's what you deserve. Semicolon, God died on the cross for you. His His blood was shed for you. For every sin that you have committed or, you know, actively committing and will commit, right? But again, that's not, that's a, a lot of people use that as a scapegoat, right? Oh, I can I can sin anything I want to do. I can do whatever I want, you know. And it's like I'll get saved later. I'll not get saved. The, that's not the purpose for grace. Yeah, grace is like I said, it's a it's a tool. And I and I hate to be so simplistic, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but grace is a tool that uses to grow closer in love when you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Grace is just a, like I said, it's a, it's, it should be utilized in the mindset that it is a tool, but just like any other tool, there's, there's a lot of spiritual tools, right? 
and I'll use this analogy. If you go to a construction site, I used to work some construction. I used to help build houses and build roofs and stuff. Um, but if you go to a construction site and the only tool you bring is a flathead screwdriver, there's going to be things that you can do really, really well, but there's going to be a lot of things that you, that's the wrong tool for the job, right? And grace is kind of like that. See, there, and, and what I want to say is there's a lot of tools in the Bible. A lot of those tools come in the fruits of the, fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? Um, so you have to expand your tool belt. And maybe grace is a flathead screwdriver. And like I said, there's a lot of places that a flathead screwdriver is a great, is the great thing, right? But sometimes you have to, and I think I view the, tr the truth as a hammer, right? So there has to be a balance between just throwing a hammer. You, you, have you ever taken a hammer to a glass shop? Like they're not welcome. You, you <laughs> say, wrong tool for the job, right? But so you have to take every situation in your life and you have to apply the right tool. God gives you all those tools to be successful, right? And yeah. uh, you have to know what response you need to have. And sometimes no response at all is the best response. And a tip that I have for that is uh, pray before you have the difficult conversation. Absolutely. Lean on the Lord for everything. He'll give, you, he'll give you the words to say. The Holy Spirit will guide you in what to do. And I was going to say, pray and fast. Um, there's a lot of things that a lot of people rush into. I feel like if we just had 10 more seconds of thought that went behind it, I feel like we'd been in a whole lot different place, you know, and I, and I'm guilty of this too. Like I said, I have struggled for a very long time that when I think something, I just say it, you know, I just speak it, yeah. speak it out. And I have to be very careful now to say, hold on and go to the father and say, Hey, your dad, um, I don't know how to handle this situation. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm doing. And there's a verse I want to quote. It is Ephesians four, uh, verse 15. It says, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every, every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. And with that verse, it says, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Christ, mature body of him who is Christ. And I believe that speaking the truth in love is a process. You're not going to be perfect at it, you know, the first few few goes at it, but you'll grow eventually and become more mature and be able to speak the truth in love really well. And that's, I think that's, I think you just hit it right on the, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Everything that you do in Christ it's going to take practice. Yeah. That's how you get better at it. You know, you're not going to know how to show someone forgiveness fresh out the gate. You know, that's something that's, you have to learn that through Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it's important that even Ron and I, we do not know how to do a lot of this stuff. <laughs> you know, that's why we started the show is so that we could, we had an excuse to, to, to learn it. You know? but, uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's where it's so important, you know, if you don't know how to do something, it's okay to ask. You yeah, know, but I, mean, I also think it's 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 important to be like God. Help me ask the questions that I need to ask. You know, and I, that's sometimes I feel like a lot of people just don't know how to pray. You know, they yeah. just don't even know. You know, like I said, I think even praying takes practice. You know, but I think it does. Um, I think that's just we're spending time with the Father and just saying, "Look, I, I am this, and I cannot do this." without your help. And I believe that, you know, 
each one of us, you know, even those that are listening, they either lean more towards truth or more towards, you know, uh, love and grace. And I challenge y'all, we needed to swap a little bit, you know, get more towards in the middle of that. And But they are equally as important. Yeah, they are. They're, they, they have to each hold their own place. They, they can't, the scales cannot tip. They are equally important important you know don't let go of the truth though we still need to speak the truth no matter what don't lie to them because lying when you lie to somebody is not loving at all even if it makes them feel better Mm -hmm. telling the truth when it hurts is that's the most loving thing you can do and uh i struggle with this too you know sometimes we say oh i said a lie to protect somebody yeah that's really easy to do in the moment Really, there is no protect. There is no. There's no lie that is protecting anybody. You're protecting, lies hurt. You're protecting yourself, right? So yeah. I mean, later on when they find out you lied to them, you know what? How are they going to feel then? You betrayed their trust, right? Yeah. And then now, now whatever that little crack was already in your relationship is just going to keep getting a wedge shoved right into it. You know, it's just going to keep opening up. Mm-hmm. But I've really enjoyed this show, um, Ryan. I really love you very much. Um, uh ryan is ryan is practicing but uh uh, i really want everyone to know that i do hold ryan in a very special place in my heart and uh, i don't want to feel like i'm just overbearing him with my beliefs and just um so i'm really trying to get him to to open up more but uh yeah it's tough for me to talk sometimes (laughs) that's okay but uh i do want to kind of um, get some things out of the way before we, we close out here. So we have officially uploaded everything to YouTube. That was a process to get everything backlogged into YouTube. And we're going to, we're going to kind of begin with, uh, YouTube, uh, posting them with our, when we post our social medias, um, that'll be a place that you can kind of go to actively listen to our show. Yeah, I know a few people that don't use podcasting software or anything like that. And YouTube would be a good place for them to find it. And if it, we would love to hear from any of you. If you really enjoy our show, but it's inconvenience in the wrong format, um, I mean, we, we're we're certainly here to assist you. Yeah, let so, us make it more accessible so, for you. Let us make it more accessible. So we will do whatever needs to be done, whether that's posting it twice or however that needs to be done. Um, we want as many people who want to enjoy the show to enjoy it. Uh, we still have our prayer wall up. Um, if you need prayer, spoken or unspoken, please email us at the unqualified commission at gmail.com. Um, we are still seeking fundraising ideas. We have gotten some really good ideas sent to us. Um, but if you have some ideas to help us grow our ministry, we are seeking those ideas again at the unqualified commission at gmail.com. Um, we are also seeking guests. Uh, we've had, we've been really fortunate and blessed that we've had a, a few shows back to back to back with some guests. Um, but uh, the thing, the important thing about this ministry is it can't just be me and Ryan um, talking in a dark room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how, that's how we grow. So if you're interested in being a guest on our show, um, we will pretty much take anyone. Um, of course, there's a few caveats and there's some ground rules. And when we get here, we'll we'll kind of explain those. But um, if you if you feel like you have a story or a testimony or God's used you in some way, uh, we'd love to hear it. So uh, yeah. Again, email us at the Unqualified Commission at gmail dot com. If uh, we, again, we are trying some different things, different, uh, maybe some intros, some music, some background music. And maybe uh, by, well, hopefully by next week, we'll have one ready to go. But uh, if you have any of those ideas, or if you have some things that you would like to listen to, again, we're, we're, we're open to hear it. Yeah. 
But this has been Corey. This is Ryan. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast.